Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mike. And I am Ed. Hey, and this is episode 106. This is our fourth anniversary special. Da 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 And Ed's back. And I'm back. <laughs> so, what wonderful things did you do on your lovely hiatus? Uh, it, it wasn't exactly the most glorious vacation in the world. Uh, <laughs> we had a bunch of stuff come out on a couple other podcasts, like friends of ours. Like yeah, I was, I was on an episode of Rhythm and Pixels with Robin Purnell. We did a FM synth madness, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a ton of fun. So go, go and check that out if you haven't checked that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of really good FM songs in that one. Got a chance to put out an episode of Impulse Project. Yep. Uh, we did very, very few episodes of that show in 2017, just because our other podcast took up way too much time in our lives. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we took that time to kind of get a, a like a winter end of the year episode cool. out for that show. Yeah. So that was fun. Other than that, you know, just a lot of lots of family stuff, holidays, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Holidays Changing are a jobs, busy, busy so. time of the year. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff going on with me. Yeah, definitely. So I am back. I am refreshed, reinvigorated, and ready to play some good old VGN. We just in- injected you with a, a full-on Mako reactor. Just jammed it into your head. And, exactly. Right. And now I am glowing hey. blue and ready to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, we are going to hold on to Pixel Chat questions until the end of the episode. We've got people putting out questions right now on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash radio. So, definitely check that out. Head over there, and you can ask questions, too. But in the meantime, we have a brief announcement. Yes. A brief announcement. Yes. Uh, so, what we're going to be doing with Pixel Tunes going forward, uh, just because Mike and I both have life events yes. coming up, uh, you know, Mike has announced on, on Facebook, so I guess we can we can say it the at this point. Cat's out the bag. Why don't, yeah. why don't you make the announcement? Yeah, sure. So, uh, my wife is actually pregnant, and we're having our first child in June. It's going to be a girl, and we're pretty stoked, pretty psyched. It's going to be awesome. going to be a lot of fun. Yes. So, lots to do with that. And, you know, I just think that Ed and I talked and we want to make room not only for for that on my end, but, you know, he has other things that he wants to do. He's got a lot of stuff going on as well. So we kind of want to slow things down a little bit. Uh, You know, we've been doing this an episode every two weeks for the past four years. So we felt that now would be the right time to kind of make that change and kind of slow things down a bit. Yeah, so what we're going to do, at least for the time being, is uh, release Pixel Tunes Radio once every month. So the last Wednesday of every month after this episode, we will release Pixel Tunes Radio to you guys. You know, in the middle, in between, that's going to leave us a lot of time to do other stuff together as well. So you might see some more Pixel Tunes plays. Yep. You might see a Pixel Tunes mini here yep. or there. But the major stuff will be coming out at the last... Wednesday of every month, right. and that's not going to mean that it's going to be a lower quality show. It's right. not going to mean that we're going to pay less attention to Pixel Tunes. Uh, both of us just need a little extra time on our ends to get personal matters settled and raise children and <laughs> do our jobs and whatever Eat it is that, that happens. Lots of pie. Lots there will of be pie. lots of pie. Consumed. So much pie. Yes. You have no idea how much pie. <laughs> <laughs> so we were supposed to have a special guest come on, but he hasn't shown up yet. Yeah, so. um, we weren't announcing it, and he was going to be here for our fourth anniversary. And Hello there. Ryu, seriously, I mean, we know you're a ninja, but you don't always have to pop in and surprise us. You could have just shown up. 
Sorry guys, but I'm a ninja. That's kind of how things go. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. Anyways, uh, I'm so glad you guys invited me, and I can't wait to play some VGM today. Well, we've got a lot of really cool VGM. These tracks are pretty nuts. So the way that we've got it set up is we've got 12 tracks that our good buddy Ryu Hayabusa has picked out. I'm excited to hear these. Yeah, me too. So Ryu, uh, let's talk a little bit about you before we get into the tracks. Uh, you've kind of been a mainstay on Pixel <laughs> Tunes Radio for a long time. You've, you've come in and done a lot of uh, skits for us. You actually tried to kill us once, which I guess we kind of forgive you for yeah. at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. That was, you know, that was business. It's 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 not personal. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you did your time in the, in, in the slammer, so it's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> So, Ryu, uh, what what have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, assassinations, a little pizza, little words be gone. You know, a ninja's gotta eat, so I've just been doing lots of side projects, side quests. Right, uh, right. Gaiden kind of stuff. Okay, you know, that like kind side of stories? Ninja Gaiden kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. How's Irene doing? She's doing well? We are uh, doing pretty well. Uh, she's uh, currently living with her mom. And I've uh, apologized several times, but uh, we're doing very well. Uh, that doesn't sound good. D- yes. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> all right then. I don't, wa- I don't want to talk about it. Uh, all right. Okay. Too many, too many problems in the flower shop, I guess. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with the music. What's your first track today, Ryu? My first track is from a game called Dragon Skills. This one came out on the Wii U in 2016. The track is called World 3 Graveyard, and it's from Simon Osterhold. When it comes to skills, we all know that ninjas have the best ones, the biggest skills. Trust me, I know. I'm a ninja. 
And what do ninjas always get paired up with in video game artwork? That's right, dragons. So naturally the skills that dragons have kind of rub off on you after a while. Dragon skills might be a silly breakout clone for the Wii U. It might also be kind of a lame clone at that. But man, that soundtrack is killer. I play it all the time during my assassin training sessions and it pumps me up like whoa. I had to play it for you guys. We're glad you did. So again, that game was Dragon Skills on the Wii U, and that was a 2016 release. The track was World 3 Graveyard, and it's by Simon Osterhold. So, yeah, you know, I get a surf rock vibe in the middle there, like right, like uh, close to the loop. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it kind of felt like it had a little bit of like a Spooky Tunes vibe yes. to yeah, it. Yeah, that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. It is a like a graveyard stage, so that's kind of I guess why there's a little bit of a spooky that makes thing sense. going on there. Although surf rock and graveyard, I guess they kind of go hand in hand in a weird way. Yeah, well, because like the monsters, you yeah, know, the monsters theme song was kind yep. of a surf rock song that had some really spooky stuff going on too. Channeling. So I think that borrows a lot from that that Chan- kind of track. Channeling some monsters, very good for very sure. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Ryu, have you ever played this game before? No, man. I, I just I saw the name of the game and I was like, I gotta listen to this soundtrack. Dragon Skills. But I thought you said you play it all the time. No, no, no. I play just the soundtrack all the time. Like, I saw some YouTube footage of this game and <laughs> didn't want to go anywhere near it. Mm. Pretty crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I saw some too, and you have to, like, hold the uh, Wii U gamepad, like, vertically. Okay. And then you kind of have to, you, you can watch the TV, but then you also have to use the stylus to move your your paddle back and forth on the bottom hmm. so it's like there's a little bit of a disconnect between what you're doing on the screen and what you're doing like on the gamepad so yeah yeah you know huh. it didn't look very very good but the music is pretty awesome mm-hmm. what you what'd you think about the music just by itself mike it was it was good i, I like the track like on its own specifically i like the whole vibe that it brings you know the instrumentation was kind of interesting because it had like Almost like a chiptune vibe at first, but then it kind of introduced some actual like electric guitar in there too. So that was kind of a nice sound to it. It kind of was like uh, Anna Monaguchi style. Not quite as similar to their sound, but similar in terms of like the idea of Yeah, what it blended a lot of modern and, and kind of a retro aesthetic right. together. I really enjoyed the percussion. Like I love that heavy mm-hmm. uh, snare hit and then yep. there's a fill in there that's just like do 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 like goes from left or to the right to the left. Yep. Uh, that sounded really really cool. Those little chuggy guitars. Uh, it just everything blended really well. It had a very good production value to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and this whole soundtrack is is worth checking out as well. Uh, a little bit about uh, Simon Osterhold. He runs Sim Productions. He is from Germany, and so he's got tons of music for games, uh, commercials, movies, trailers for movies, etc., etc. He did some work on like BMW commercials and uh, BMW production like uh, videos that they show like potential buyers, like the 30-minute like here's your BMW oh, stuff, right. like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, music for Lost Earth. Firefighter Simulator, Code 7, a lot of these mobile games that he's done music for. I guess he hasn't really broken into AAA yet, but he's got so much other stuff going on. He's probably just not really into that stuff. Been in the business since before 2012, um, so he's been doing a ton of music. Mm. You don't really see too much from him on the game side, but, you know, you've probably heard his music before and other things and, and haven't even known it. Yeah. 
Most likely. Probably like commercials and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know so. how many of our listeners are walking into BMW dealerships. <laughs> well, if they are, then they're probably listening to Simon Osterholm. That's very not true. Not even realizing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's that. What about our next track? What do you got for us, Ryu? All right. Well, moving on from Dragon Skills, the other thing I'm great at is pizza. So our next track is going to be from the Famicom game Pizza Pop. This came out in 1992. This is Stage 3 Motorcycle Ride from Junya Kozokai. It was a really embarrassing time in my life, like six months ago, when I decided to open a pizza shop as a front for an assassin for hire business. You know, you could order a sausage and mushroom pie with a side of death, that kind of thing. One night, after eating a few too many slices of pepperoni before bed, I had a dream in which my sensei scolded me for soiling the ninjutsu honor with tomato sauce and mozzarella. He attacked me with an air hose and filled me with air until I floated away like some sort of extremely handsome balloon. When I awoke, I realized that bloated feeling wasn't just a dream and spent the next four hours in the ninja potty. I called it the Pizza Pop Incident, and I can't play this game without thinking about why I decided to close down the Ninja Pizza restaurant. Oh, so Pizza Ninja is closed? Yeah, you can't really have a a front for a ninja assassin business for too long before the police start catching on. Ah. And, you know, dating a CIA agent just kind of made it a little difficult there. I see. Was that the incident that you were speaking about regarding uh, Irene living with her parents? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Things are good between us. They're they're very good between us. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll I'll take your word for it. uh, I still have to repair the bathroom, but things are very good between us. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, ninjas got to eat, right? (laughs) So Pizza Pop was the name of the game that we just played a track from. That was Ryu's second pick on the Famicom in 1992 was the year of release. That was Stage 3 Motorcycle Ride by Junya Kozakai. Yeah, this was a really good track. Yeah, I uh, was getting a real Namco vibe. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I can kind of feel that. Now, this is more like an arcade-style game, is that right? This is a, just a side-scrolling kind of a game where uh, it's it's not that great. I mean, it's really stiff. Okay. Basically, you're carrying a pizza on your shoulder at all times. Mm-hmm. And when you attack, you just kind of take the pizza and kind of like flop it on top of guys. <laughs> okay. It doesn't it doesn't extend much farther than your sprite does. Okay, okay. So, and the, the, there are these cats, like you're walking through alleyways and stuff, and there are these like feral cats and dogs that are leaping at you, and they come at you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to hit them. Mm. Uh, you gotta get the timing down very, very well. Mm. Um, you can also kind of jump on them too, but sometimes they just come at you in a way that makes it really hard to jump on them. Um, but it does go through a couple different types of scenarios, like this one is from Motorcycle Ride, where it's almost like the Turbo Tunnels from Battletoads, 
where your rival, who's basically trying to steal your girlfriend away from you, um, is throwing uh, ramps and obstacles at you as you're going from Mm -hmm. left to right, riding down this road. So you've got to watch the shadows that are going over your head, and then they will land, and then you've got to be in the right place to either avoid or or go on the ramp. So it definitely borrows from Turbo Tunnels. Is your girlfriend the pizza? Because that would be hilarious. Girlfriend is not the pizza. No? No. Mm. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to propose to your girlfriend. Who is not the pizza. So you look in, at the beginning of the game, there's a little cutscene. You look in the window at this jeweler's store and okay. see this ring for $10,000. And you really want to buy it. You, you don't have the money. You know, lots are flying out of your wallet. And all of a sudden, your rival, whose name is Nick, rides by on a scooter. And he's got a little thought bubble. And it, it shows, like, your girlfriend. Like, he's thinking about your girlfriend. He's going to oh, go steal her. Oh, boy. So, basically, your whole deal is you're going through all these stages with pizza delivery. So, you're trying to earn $10,000 by delivering pizzas Jeez. somehow. Okay. To uh, to afford this ring for your girlfriend. Kind of has, like, a Yume Penguin Monogatari kind of It has that kind it. of a feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the gameplay isn't nearly as good good. Mm. Uh, it's not like, you know, one of those high-polished Konami games. Right, uh, this right. was an old, old Arc System Works game. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't um, know that they were, like, around back then. They never released anything stateside. Oh, so that makes I sense. think... Yeah, there wasn't much out there at all that came to the U.S. from them. Probably not um, until, like, the mid to late 90s with When they started uh, working Gear. on Guilty Gear and right. stuff, that's where they really got kind of popular mm-hmm. stateside. Interesting. So, yeah, I didn't know that. A little bit about the composer, Junya Kozakai. He was an employee of Arc System Works uh, way back when they were creating 8- and 16-bit titles. We played a track from him once on our PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 uh, episode. We did Hani on the Road. Right. Remember that one? Yeah. So he composed the music to that. <laughs> I don't think any of his compositions made it to the West at all, except for Cyberspin on mm. the SNES. And I think that was one of the only Arc System Works games to ever come out. I think Final Lap on the NES. What is Cyberspin? Cyberspin's a, it's a like a futuristic racing game. I think it's top down. It's okay. got a Mode Seven track. And um, they call it Cyberspin because the screen kind of spins and uh. you're you're. Your car stays static on the screen as you're racing. If I was to guess what cyber... I almost said cyberskin. Cyberspin is, without actually knowing, I would say it's like a futuristic tennis game. Oh, like putting spin on the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe pool or billiards or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something with robots playing real human sports and stuff. Yeah. So... Since it's about pizza, I figured we'd ask, uh, you know, we can kind of do like a mini pixel chat question from me. What is your favorite kind of pizza, Ryu? I'm uh, I'm pretty partial to uh, pineapple and pepperoni. Okay, okay. Um, that kind of explains the little bathroom pizza pop incident. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, don't eat too much of that right before bed. Pineapple all over the wall. Uh, right. Pineapple everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mostly uh, pineapple. Not on Irene, though. Okay. We're good. We're right. very good. That would be pretty hot. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> not after you've digested it. Oh well. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> what about you, Ed? Uh, I am. Uh, I like all kinds of pizza. I usually go for either buffalo chicken, sausage and peppers, or uh, like bacon and mushroom. Like so thin crust, thick crust. Oh, like medium. New th- York thick style. Crust. Like new, yeah. not New Haven style. More like New New York style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not. Uh, even though we live right near New Haven, which is like the pizza capital of the world, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a huge fan of New Haven pizza. There's right. a, there's a place in another town that makes really good pizza mm-hmm. that I'm more of a fan of. So. You can't go wrong with Connecticut pizza. I will say that. Anywhere you go, it's generally pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And I think we're spoiled here because we're, we some are. of us were like, well, that pizza's not that 
great, but then you go out to like the Midwest, and you're like, like my, my dad used to go to like uh, business trips in Oklahoma, and yeah. they would take him to like the pizza place, which right. is basically Pizza Hut. Right, right. And it was even worse than the Pizza Huts we have here. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah. I, okay, then. I never want to go there and get pizza. <laughs> I, I would say my favorite is I like thick crust. Uh, so anything like deep dish, like Chicago style. Yeah, I really like, like going that. to Pizzeria Uno. Like yeah, those, those pizzas yeah. are really good. But those it's like I don't even consider that like pizza. It's like a whole different. It's like a dish, dessert pizza, you know. Almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like that. I also like you know New Haven style, New York style. I do not like thin crust pizza. Like that super thin crust, like Pepe's. Yeah, yeah, pizza, yeah, yeah. Which you everyone know, seems to love around here. Pizza is kind of like sex, even when it's bad. It's still kind of good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't like a lot of cheese on my pizza, like a ton, where it's like like stringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I need like light cheese, heavy on the toppings. I like pepperoni. I like one of my favorite pizzas is chicken, like the fried chicken or whatever, like cut up into little pieces. Yeah. And then spinach, black olives, and garlic. Oh, oh. so good. Ah. So good. Ah. So good. Not a garlic fan. No. Not an olive fan. Ah. Uh, but spinach I can do. Yeah. Yeah. That just that sounds really salty though. It oh. is. You're really salty. Nice. I am definitely. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, Ryu, why don't we get on to our next track of the day? Sure, guys. Uh, so the next one, I don't know, you know, why you'd think I'd pick this, but it's called Ninja Battle Heroes. This one came out on the 3DS in 2014. This is BGM One from Mr. or Mrs. Unknown. The cool thing about standard ninja apparel is that it makes it really easy to stick earbuds in your ears while on an assassination mission. I remember back in the 80s when headphones were enormous and we all tried to tuck those giant earmuff looking things under our hoods and it made us look like weirdo space aliens. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, what, what, what was I talking about? Oh. Yeah, this song, it's really good, right? It's perfect for running over branches and through rooftops, finding your target, mercilessly murdering him, and heading out for a meatball parm sandwich. Good stuff. Mm, we are all about food here on Pixel Tunes Radio. Absolutely. That, that game was Ninja Battle Heroes on the 3DS in 2014, and the track was BGM1 by Mr. or Mrs. Unknown. Mr. or Mrs. Mistors or Misties. Unknown. Yeah, this had a great dance feel to it. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the stuff from like Bushido Blade 2, like Ryuji yep. Sasai's stuff. Yeah. Um, where kind of blended traditional Japanese music with kind of a modern rock or techno beat as well. So this kind of brought me back to that. So I can definitely picture you, Ryu, kind of running 
going on like very action-packed kind of running missions while mm-hmm. this is kind of like playing in the background. Like it gave me kind of like an anime feel, like a ninja yeah. anime feel, but like taking place in modern day. <laughs> Kind of like a technological city or something. Sure, sure, right. Like a modern update on on the classic ninja games. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So tell me about this game. The game, uh, I took a little look at it. I haven't actually played it myself, but when Ryu put it up there, I kind of like, you know, took took a little gander. It's a side-scrolling, kind of like hack-and-slash game. It's... 2D sprites on a 3D background, so like with the 3DS, you get that sense of depth. Yep. Um, but the but the characters are sprites in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks pretty cool. You can do little combos on enemies and slice them and do midair attacks and midair combos. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's magic you can do. Characters are all kind of like cute anthropomorphic cartoon creatures, like little foxes and cats okay. and stuff. But it looks it looks kind of fun. It didn't get great reviews. They said I guess the control was a little loose. Mm. But if it's not very expensive on the eShop, it might be worth yeah checking out. So sure, sure. I mean, the soundtrack is really good. So I can't really. I wish we knew who the composer was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing at the end of the credits or anything. Like no that. credits at all. Well, the thing about that is the game was made by uh, it's a company called Tom Creates. Mm-hmm. They have been doing games for a long time. They've never included any credits in their game at mm. all. Wow. Uh, they did stuff like Escape from Zombie City and Smash Cat Heroes on the 3DS. So it's possible that the same composer that did this one also did those games as well, considering they were all released around the same time. Mm-hmm. But as far back as like the Super Famicom days, the company, they did a lot of games on the uh, SD Gundam Generation series hmm. for uh, Bandai Namco. Kind of like a, uh, a developer for hire. Yeah, exactly. They were a development house that um, Bandai Namco, they would publish their games. But then when the eShop came around... Uh, Tom Creates decided to start self-publishing because they didn't need to have any sort of physical distribution methods. So now mm. they just put games out okay. by themselves. But no credits. So, mm. kind of lame. Yeah. So, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So, Ryu, what are your some of your favorite, like, n- ninjas? You know, in, like, video games or, like, cartoons or... Uh, those guys from uh, Ninja Warriors... They're pretty cool, oh, even yeah? though they're robots. Mm-hmm. But the th- cool thing about being a robot ninja is that you can get repaired really easily. True. Uh, so you lose a limb, you just craft one back on again. Right, right. Uh, I really like Raphael. He and I get along pretty well because yeah. the whole snark and sarcasm. Really? Thing, I, 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 I would have figured you would have been more of a Leo fan. You know, kind of like a honor and, you know. Leo's a team player. Okay. I'm a loner. Oh, that's true. That's so true. we don't work together very well. Both of us just try to take the lead, and it's a it's a kind of a crap fest. Mm. Um, kind of like pizza pop. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. None of your friends from the from the Dead or Alive series. I have tried to kill them all, so no, we don't really get along very. That's well. true. That's true. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, several kicks to the face will probably do that to a friendship on any yeah. on any level. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what do you got next for us, Ryu? Next up is from Goemon Mononoke Sugoroku from the N64, which came out in 1999. This one's called Party Time, and it's from Hajime Takai and Tomowaki Hirono. All right, let's party it up.
I don't tell many people this, but one of the side effects of being a supremely talented and good-looking ninja is that you also become a great dancer. Did you ever see that animated gif of Jean-Claude Van Damme dancing with those ladies and his hips are going all over the place? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm nothing like that. Uh, my moves are smooth and I owe it all to the Goemon series. I started playing these games back in Japan on the Super Famicom and the music has always been freaking amazing. So when I throw my invite-only ninja parties, there's always a little Goemon on my iPad playlist to get the crowd in the mood. In the mood for what, you ask? Pizza. Duh. <laughs> Goemon Mononoke Sugoroku in the N64 released in 1999, and that was Party Time by Hajime Takai and Tomoaki Hirono. So, yeah, I gotta ask, uh, what, what do you think of this track, Ed? I really enjoy this track. I, you know, it's funny because I, I actually kind of pictured Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, that you've seen that. Yeah, that yeah, shape, yeah, yeah. Right? Of course. Like this music, like perfectly, you can line them up yep. together and they'd work out Somebody perfectly. Somebody needs to make that happen. It's like that kind of music that I, I envision that kind of dancing to. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's called a, like, like salsa vibe in a way. Yeah. But it also kind of reminds me of like a part. It's very party game-ish, but it's also very like game show-ish. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and this game is a party game. It's kind of like Mario Party with the Goemon characters. Oh, that's kind of neat. It, uh, it came out shortly after the first Mario Party did. And you know, Konami, they like, they copied Mario Kart when Mario Kart right. came out. So they went ahead and did a Mario Party style game when Mario Party came out. But Goemon and the Mystical Ninja series has always had amazing music. Yeah. And they didn't skimp on the music when they brought this game out oh, either. Man. It's a shame that the Legend of the Mystical Ninja series didn't do as well in America as it did in Japan. Yeah. They just... I think if they didn't release it on a crappy system like the N64, no, it would have done so much better. No, boo, no. Listen, <laughs> there were some amazing games that came out on the Super Famicom that were exclusive yes. to that region. Not yeah. just Legend of the Mystical Ninja, but like some of the sequels that they released were yep. really good. They are really on good. On the Fam Super Famicom. Really, and even the N64 games, to their credit, are very good as yeah, well. Yeah, they are, yeah. I this, think we actually played a track from one of them on the N64 episode. I believe so. And uh, I, yeah. I kind of gushed over it from yeah. playing it. So No, those games are, are fun. I, I actually, I think I own both of them. But I really need to sit down and play. I'd like to really invest some more time into the Goemon series. I I like the characters. I think they're pretty neat looking, and you know it's got a real like humor and charm to it that you know definitely comes from the East. But at the same time, like I, I think that it's it could be like West appropriate. Like I think that people would could yeah. get into it yeah. if they really kind of open their minds. Yeah, I I do know that when they did come out in the West, they they really did a lot of localization. Right. So. The, uh, the dialogue in the, in the Japanese version is not nearly a direct translation, you know, when they translated it into English. Mm. And I think there are a few fan translation packs out there or actually in the works where they try to, um, you know, westernize it mm -hmm. without localizing it. Right. So you can actually see what the what the characters were really talking about in the Japanese version. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting to check out. Yeah. I know, the differences. I know that there are translations for the Super Famicom games, the ones that were exclusive to the, to the East. Mm -hmm. So... It'd be cool to check those out. I'll have to look into those sometime. But yeah. uh, so this game is a party game, and this is definitely party game music. It's just right up there with all that's missing is the uh, stereotypical N64 like squeaky horns and yeah. I knew exactly just, what you were talking yep, about. Yep, yep. It just needs that, and then you know, what uh, Ryu? What kind of instrument is that? Rubber duck. Oh, okay. Yeah, as far as I know. Oh, like I don't really play music, so... Like uh, a chiptune rubber duck? No, just a, like a real rubber duck. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody like squished one into the N64. Oh, okay. And there's little robots that squish them ah, to the music when the, when you play the game. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so, the expansion pack it actually adds four more rubber ducks. Oh, okay. <laughs> so tell me about the composers. So the Konami composers, uh, we've got quite a lot of information on them actually. Hajime Takai, his first credited game was Sayuki Journey West in 1999 where he was on the sound team. That was an RPG for the PlayStation based on a manga series and it was later re-released on the PSP and the PS3. The game was developed by Fuki, F-U-Q-I, I think that's how you pronounce it, I know, Fuki. Later in 99, he joined Konami and worked on a few titles for them. Hmm. Goemon, Mononoke, Sugokuru was the first one. And then three games came out the next year in 2000 with his credit on it. Pop and Music GB, he did sound design for that one. Uh, Goemon, Bokenji Dai, Katsugeki, he was lyrics and composition on that one. And then Dance Dance Revolution, Disney Dancing Museum, also a composer. After that, we don't have too much more information on him. Uh, Tomoaki Hirono was also known as Gekidan Record and was part of the Dojin group Ge-On Den hmm. uh, while he was working at Konami. He played guitar in a band before joining Konami and composed for a few of the GQ Powerful Pro Baseball series games before joining Hajime Takai on Pop and Music GB and this Goemon game. Hmm. Uh, then he became a powerhouse composer for Konami's music series. Uh, he contributed lots and lots of tracks to Pop and Music, Beat Mania, Gitadora, uh, Drum Mania. So I think he used a lot of his live music expertise from playing in bands and playing guitar to write music for a lot of those rhythm games that Konami put out. Interesting. Um, and he was with Konami, I think, up until 2005 or 2006. Hmm. So he spent a good decade with them. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryu, I gotta ask, who do you invite to these ninja parties? I mean, obviously I'm assuming that you host these with Irene. Who else do you invite? Basically, if you're a ninja and you've been in a video game, then you're invited to this party. It's kind of like, you know, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Mm -hmm. You get a video game ninja. It's a VGN card. Uh And that will get you into any of my parties. So, of course, the Ninja Turtles, uh, the Samurai Pizza Cats are always welcome because they always bring the pizza. Right. Uh, You can't have a ninja party without pizza. Pizza, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Except when we all get drunk, Irene doesn't know which one is which, and that that gets very... Yeah. But we're on very good terms. Okay. Very good terms. Very good terms. Very good terms. Okay. That has something to do with the bathroom, I take it, then? Just making sure you're not, like, canoodling with Kasumi while, you know, Irene's in the other room. Gross. She's like my sister. Gross. Oh, okay. Sister slash love interest? (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Dude, why are you putting Ryu on the spot like Uh, that? Hey, man, listen. I'm just trying to get the inside scoop. You know, this isn't Geraldo. This is Pixel Tunes Radio. (laughs) This isn't Sally Jesse Raphael. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Sally Jesse Raphael, what's our next track? I... What? That doesn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. Uh, Mike... Don't make me ninja slice you. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll back off. Let's let's move on to the next Yeah, please. This please. one is uh, Guardian War. It's actually a 3DO game. This came out in 1994. You know, I had to play a song that demonstrates what I do for a living. Right. So this is Shop from Yasufumi Fukuda and Yukiharu Urita.
ah smooth. Like if you spent 48 hours polishing a brand new bowling ball, immediately shaved your face, and then rubbed that bowling ball all over your cheeks kind of smooth. That's what this song is, and that's what I am. Just ask Irene. She'll tell you Ryu Ayabusa is the smoothest dude that she ever almost killed. Also, this song is called Shop, and I sell things all the time, so there's that, too. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 3DO, Guardian War. 1994 was the year of release, and the track was, as we said, Shop by Yasufumi Fukuda and Yukuharu Urita. Definitely one of my more obscure games. Yeah. I love jazz and smooth jazz like this, so this is definitely up my alley. Great track. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear a track like this from a Japanese 3DO game way back in 1994. Hmm. This was not a game that did very well. I mean, none of the 3DO games really did that well, except <laughs> for the ones that came out from EA. Right. And a few like of the full motion video style games, because that was still kind of a new technology back then. Mm-hmm. Guardian War didn't do very well. The... People that love JRPGs didn't really adopt the 3DO that yeah. much because it was an American-made system, so they didn't think that those kind of games were going to come out. True. Um, so Guardian War kind of fell by the wayside. It is a, it's a RPG developed by Microcabin, hmm. who were huge in Japan. I mean, they made tons of like Sharp X68000, PC98 games, mostly like visual novels and RPGs. So they were kind of a hardcore game company back oh, wow. then. So Guardian War, they kind of tried to follow that up and and really embrace the new 32-bit technology of the 3DO. The game worked pretty well. I mean, there was a lot of 3D rendering going on and and sprites on on 3D backgrounds, and it was kind of like your traditional Japanese-style RPG. But this came out in the States? This came out in the States and in Japan. Wow. Yeah, it was called something else like Magic Kingdom or something in Japan. Okay. And then they changed the name to Guardian War Mm. uh, for the U.S. release. Much more Western-appropriate. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But this song is awesome. The rest of the soundtrack is a little more orchestral, a little more like bombastic, like your traditional kind of RPG stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as shop tunes go, this is one of the best ones I've heard. That's pretty in cool. Quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Jazz tracks I can always get on board with, so I'm I'm very okay with Ryu picking tracks like this. I hope his I hope his next seven tracks. Are as good as this. This uh, this is actually the hold music I have on my customer service line. Okay. Even when a customer calls up and they're like super pissed when they hear this music, by the time the operator gets on the line, they're like, <laughs> "Please hold." Oh, you know, I just wanted to kind of like talk to you about some problems I'm having. Yeah, the really smooth jazz really calms them down. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You should you should think of maybe opening up like a self help line, like one of those like uh, hotlines where people can call in and. You know, share their like problems or like you know their their love issues or whatnot. Don't ninja slice yourself. We'll ninja slice you. Yeah, that kind of a yeah deal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you got next for us? Next up, well, first of all, uh, I I gotta use the little ninja potty, so I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So uh, what what do you think? I mean, Ryu's kind of like the strange dude. He's pretty weird. I mean, you know, I know we've brought him in just as like a hire for commercials, but he's, he's playing some good tracks though, so yeah, at least, yeah. but I, you know, he keeps like looking at me like he's going to kill me. Well, yeah, he, he, he might. He's a ninja. That's true. Ninjas kind of do that. What stuff. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But hey, we're paying his bills, so, you know, he can't really kill us. We're paying him for this? Well, not this episode. Wait, are we paying him for this? I hope you didn't tell him we're paying him for this. I didn't say anything. Okay, good. Okay. Dodged a bullet there. Or a sword, literally. I can barely afford VGM anymore. (laughs) 
Okay, uh, I guess I should have asked Mike where the bathroom was. Uh, Pixel Tunes, Creepy Castle Basement's pretty complicated to get around. Maybe it's behind this door? Oh, a cardboard box. I don't, I don't know what that's doing here. Aha, gotcha. Uh, solid Snake, what are you doing here? Hey, 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 let, let go of me. All right, now that he's tied up, I can go. Be a guest on Pixel Tunes Radio. <laughs> Kept you waiting, huh? What? Solid snake? Solid snake? Yeah. Hey guys, I uh, I really wanted to be on the show. Hope you don't mind. Where's Ryu? Uh, he's uh, he's a little tied up right now. Dude, you know we could have just worked something out where you could have been on our show. No. Like you didn't have to. I hope he's alive. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 all right. All right. Listen, uh, uh, it, it's better this way. So, uh, I mean, do you want to just guest for the rest of the show? Yeah, or? yeah. Don't worry about the rest of his tracks. I'll uh, I'll pick something. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I may have a list. Oh, so you've been planning this for a while, huh? What is going on with this guy? I, really? <laughs> like, come on. All right. The first track I'd like to pick. Is from a game called Lupin Sensei, Pandora no Isan, on the Famicom, and that came out in 1987. The Stage 1 Mansion is the track, and it is by Haruhisa Udegawa and Kumi Hanoka. Alright, um, let me take up this music and we'll play it. Uh, okay. reason why I picked this track, it's a bit of a twofold answer. See, back when Otacon and I worked together in the group Philanthropy, we would have a lot of downtime, and he was always playing retro video games on his Famicom. He'd play this Lupin game over and over, and eventually the song became quite the earworm for me. Years later, I ended up meeting Lupin III for real. The guy tried to steal my wallet. He ended up with a broken wrist. We've been friends ever since. Oh, sounds like a pretty nostalgic track. That was uh, Lupin Sensei, Pandora no Isan, for the Famicom, came out in 1987. That was Stage 1 Mansion from Haruhisa Udagawa and Kumi Hanaoka. 
So, yeah, I mean, so did you ever play this game yourself when, when Otacon was playing it? No, I just watched. I'm not really a gamer. Oh, okay. I really dig this track. It's It really is an earworm. Like, once you start listening to it, it's, it's on, especially on repeat, it kind of, like, buries its way through your skull, and then you're just, like, sitting around, like, da-da. Da, da. It has like a, a like a Zelda 2 Adventure of Link Town feel yeah. for me. It's got very kind of like a marchy, steady beat. Um, something you might hear with not a lot of action going on mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. I, I've never played this game myself, so I don't I don't know how you know intensive the game really is. Knowing Lupin, like you know, and his his feature films and stuff that I've seen, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not constant action all the time. It's almost kind of like. James Bond meets being a thief, you know. Uh, kind of. I mean, it is kind of an action game, and the way it works is you're running around as either one of the three characters. So uh, Lupin, of course, is playable. Uh, Daisuke Jigen, or Jigen, I think it's Jigen. Yeah. And then uh, Goemon Ishikawa, the 13th, uh, he's, you know, in it as well. You don't play as uh, Fujiko or any of the other characters like Koichi, the inspector, Koichi Zenigata. Right, right. So I love the Lupin series. I think the movies are great. They're always a lot of fun to watch and really funny. And it's one of the better series that has come out of, you know, for anime and manga and everything. But I never really played that many of the games. I, I played briefly the PS2 one, but this one is more like an action game where, you know, jumping around and everything and you're going from level to level. But what's really cool is that uh, if you die as, let's say, Lupin, you can pick from the other two. And then later on in the game, like, you can rescue if you die as one character. It's kind of like the NES Ninja Turtles first game mm. where you can rescue the other character, like, elsewhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So I'm going to have to track this one down. The, the game, the music, like, everything is, is pretty cool. I, I mean, I'm hoping that there's some English translation somewhere out there. But if not, uh, you know, it's, from what I saw, it was very playable. Even without knowing Japanese. Yeah, that's cool. I'll have to I'll have to look for that. Yeah. So Snake, you say that you yeah. and, and Lupin have been friends for a while. Have you ever gone on missions together, or have there ever been any times where, like, your missions intersect, where uh, he's trying to steal something and you're trying to protect it, uh, something like that? Well, I don't want to brag, but I did steal his love interest, Fujiko. We had a nice oh. night. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Don't tell him though. I hope he's not listening. Wow. Yeah. That's uh. You're not a very good friend, then. She, uh, she really doesn't like him. Well, nobody really likes him. Well, yeah, but she really, really doesn't like him. <laughs> I always thought that they were friends, but, you know, I know he, I know Lupin wanted kind of like a more than friends relationship with her, but... Interesting. Yeah. Very let's, interesting. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, no. Time for my next track, uh, I, I, I I guess so. I'm <laughs> kind of speechless right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, my next track is from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on the NES. Speaking of that game, its uh, release year is 1989, and the track is Airport, also known as Overworld 2, and it's by Jun Funahashi. All right, let's take a listen.
Oh man, let me tell you about my Konami brothers, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Good group of boys they are. They, of all people, know what it's like to fight, not for honor or bravery, but because it's all they know. Their master, Splinter, trained them to become the best of the best, and it shows. Regarding the track, there were a few times where we'd help each other out. They'd get me into Zanzibar by distracting the guards with wacky antics and pizza, and... I'd sneak in undetected so I could take out Metal Gear. One time, they needed my help breaking into this airport, and this song would be constantly playing as we moved from manhole to manhole. Airport sewers. That's a place you didn't know you wouldn't want to go into. Gross. Yeah. All right, well, that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, released on the NES in 1989. The track was Airport slash Overworld 2, Composed by Jun Funahashi. This was always the track in this game that I would get stuck on because, listen, I could blow through the first level, the dam level, you know, or the, the second level and then the dam level, and yeah. then I would get to that next level, which was like when it was like another top down level where you're running around and similar you to get the first the level, band. but yeah, a little right. Bit different. Yeah. Right, right. And then after that level, oh man, I could not ever beat the airport level. I think I've only beaten this game once using save states and emulators. Huh. Just because I like really wanted to yeah, yeah. see the game. And I don't normally do that, but I, I really wanted to see the end of this game. I, I figured <laughs> I would never get to see it. And this was like pre-YouTube, of course. Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was a kid, I was always able to get past here, but the Technodrome. Mm -hmm. By the time I got to the Technodrome, I was like, you know, had one turtle left with right. half its health, something oh, like man. that. So, But yeah, so this was... I knew when I got here that I was probably going to not make it much mm -hmm. further. So, <laughs> uh, But great track. You know, this soundtrack is kind of infamous for borrowing a lot from from uh, like popular rock songs, right. like the introduction is like from Queen. Yeah, Stone Cold Crazy. Is, this yep. is very similar to "Come Together" by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but this this song always reminded me of that because my parents were big Beatles fans. Oh, okay. So I was familiar with that song before I heard this. So mm -hmm. as soon as I heard this song in the airport, even the first time I played the game, I was like, I know that song. I started <laughs> singing the lyrics over it. I so. actually didn't know <laughs> that the intro was from Stone Cold Crazy until I was you know in high school, and then I remember listening to. To Metallica because I was a huge Metallica fan oh, yeah, in high yeah, school yeah. and they covered Stone Cold Crazy yep. so I remember hearing that song and be like wait a minute this is Turtles <laughs> I was like whoa hold on but this game is one of the first games I ever played back in the day I mean uh, it was Metroid Zelda Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Turtles. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a huge Turtles fan. We've talked about this. We did a whole episode. On the yeah, our, our, our NES histories were very similar to each other at the very, very beginning. Um, we had a lot of the same games. Did you guys get the Ninja Turtles on that episode? No. You should have. Yeah. You could have called me. I would have been able to hook you up. Oh, that sucks. You know, I know you and Ryu, I guess, both have friends in common then because he has hung out with the Ninja Turtles as well. So, I mean, did you guys ever end up at the same parties or anything like that? You know, he would always invite Gray Fox, but never me. I guess I didn't make the cut because I'm not a, you know, ninja. Right. And I'm sure that you and Gray Fox probably, you guys in alcohol, I'm not sure that night would have survived. No. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, uh, or, or Ryu's apartment would have survived. Probably would have leveled the place. Yeah. Oh, well. Irene would have probably been pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, from what I've heard, you haven't missed much, unless you like cleaning bathrooms. No, definitely not. <laughs> Especially not airport bathrooms. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. International food. Well, those sewers. Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah. Not cool. No. 
Yeah. But I am an international traveler, so, you know. So, so Jun Funahashi is uh, technically uncredited for this game, but he is a longtime Konami composer. Started out with Krakow on the 1986. Track it's the capital of Poland, right? Yeah, yeah, Krakow. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, he did uh, Adventures of Bayou Billy in 1988. And then after Turtles, he did Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, Ski or Die, Tiny Toon Adventures, Lethal Enforcers. <laughs> it sounded like, like Dracula's Curse, Ski or die was all one game yeah that yeah, yeah. The best game ever oh man that's dracula's the, curse that sounds, die. that sounds fun let me tell you simon belmont he's uh he's something don't bring him to a party oh yeah, yeah. no I, especially when they play whip it yeah i was gonna say he probably whips it good yeah you have no idea so lethal enforcers one and two bottom of the ninth 99 spawn 99 he's done a ton 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 of stuff his last game where he did audio support was stranglehold in 2007 so yeah, great game, great track, very good pick. I'm okay with this. Very classic track. Yes. Absolute classic. Thank you. So the next track is, uh, well, <laughs> Metal Gear. Never heard of it. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's a little little selfish of you. Hey, don't worry about it. I know, Ryu didn't pick any Ninja Gaiden tracks. Yeah, well, he's not as cool as me. <laughs> Metal Gear MSX 1987 was the year of release. The track is Red Alert. And, uh, you know, if this is not by Ikumizutani, I'd be shocked. Me too. Well, it is. So let's hit it. Let's get sneaky. be a little selfish here. Look, anytime I hear this song, I get panic attacks. It means I know that there's something that's just not right, or the jig is up. The goose is cooked. The chicken choked. The cat's out of the bag. The... well, you get the point. It means I have to get to my happy place. An air duct, a crawl space, or maybe, maybe, just hide in a different corner until I'm not seen anymore. Anything but fun times. But at the same time, this track completes me. It's my Jerry Maguire. It makes me feel alive in a fight for my life. Jerry Maguire? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody over the age of... I mean, <laughs> or under the age of 20, we'll get that reference. I mean, Ed, you had me at hello. There you go. Perfect. All right. That was Metal Gear. came out of the MSX2 in 1987. <laughs> the track title was Red Alert. <laughs> and it was by Iku Mizutani, Motoaki Furukawa, and Shigehiro Takanouchi. That's right. Definitely a Iku Mizutani jam, if I do say so myself. The man can do no wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking that this is probably an Iku Mizutani composed track? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it has... That vibe, that that quick panicked vibe that it, he's kind of known for, Japanese action game music that he does just phenomenally. I think he probably worked on the rest of the tracks as well, but I just listening to this track and after playing so many of his tracks, I can tell that this 
definitely is an Ikumizu Tai Makes sense. Jam. You know, yeah. I can definitely tell what a Tim Fallon track is compared to Jeff Fallon. Exactly. So I feel like you'd be in the same boat with yep. him. So. Yep, yep, yep. Very yep. cool. I mean, knowing Metal Gear Solid, I, I've never played this particular one on the MSX. Oh, no? Okay. But knowing what I know about the game and how panicked you feel once you're spotted by yes. the enemy and what the stakes are when you're spotted by an enemy, mm -hmm. this one fits very, very well yeah. in with it. I, I think this version of Red Alert is much better than the Alert music in the NES Metal Gear. Both great tracks, but I definitely prefer this one to that. This game actually was released stateside with the PlayStation 2 subsistence uh, release. Subsistence, um, yeah. Yeah, or sus whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> they always like put stupid weird names. Them and Square always did this weird thing where they would release a game and then they'd release another game that was like a either a sequel or a remake or whatever or a prequel, and they would always come out with these asinine like duodeciums and like kingdom hearts 48.1252 yes. over seven Subs bleeding eye format dissonance tense tense yeah i don't yeah. know i just i never don't make it complex come on guys so unless it's shadow complex right well yeah then it's okay <laughs> but yeah so this and the uh metal gear 2 salad snake the official metal gear 2 not snake's revenge that we got on the nes both of those games were included in the uh like special limited edition and that was as far as limited editions go i remember that was like one of the first limited editions that came out that i was like i have to have this i've never played those versions of metal gear and i've always wanted to and you could technically play them on the emulator back in the day like I remember uh, our buddy Brian who talk about you know Metal Gear and Metal Gear Salad or whatever yeah. he actually went back and started playing the Metal Gear classic games on an MSX emulator and he told me about them and he was like these are really cool games you should check them out and I finally had the opportunity to check them out on the subsistence, whatever it's yeah. called, the, the game. MSX isn't isn't the easiest to emulate. Uh, yeah, there is some. Aren't there some virtual console MSX games? Yes, out there? there are. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest way to go about doing it if you're yep. not really into how emulation on computers work. Right, that or get this version of the game. Which, right, uh, honestly, it's for the most part pretty cheap now. I think you can, if I recall, you could probably grab it for like, you know, under 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah, I have a copy. I've just never played this, Yeah, the MSX version of it on there. Yeah, they released the limited edition, which was like in a red box. And that version had like an additional like DVD or something with like stuff in it. I, I can't really remember, but I believe that the limited edition of just, there was like a regular limited edition that was a double disc version and that had this game on it. Neat. So definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, it is a top-down Metal Gear game, more similar to like, it's the original Metal Gear experience on the MSX before they decided to port it over to the NES. And obviously this was the start of the series. This was the birth of Solid Snake. There you go. So, you know, Snake, I don't know, you, you must have some pretty nostalgic feelings for this game, right? Yeah, well, it is when I was born, so, you know, a lot of weird issues with my dad, and, you know, the feels are there. Yeah. Definitely the feels are there. It must have been kind of a painful birth if you were fully grown when you were born. I'd rather not talk about it. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of confusion, a lot of yelling, a lot of <laughs> dripping. A lot of red exclamation points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of cardboard box hiding. It's not the only box you hit in. Oh! Hey, Gross. watch it. So, yeah, I don't know. I just get tired of being scared of being caught. Maybe I should just retire. Take a few Xanax. I mean, I've tried to retire before. Go to Alaska or wherever. They Somewhere cold. Pull with you cool. right back in. They pull me right back in. Exactly. Well, I don't know. I think that you should keep going. I think that you should keep fighting, Snake. I don't uh, know, man. Uh, okay, well... 
you're not me, so you wouldn't get it. Yeah, but I've played your games, I mean... Yeah, but without Hideo Kojima, I mean, who knows where that's gonna go. True, true. You know, you're only as good as the people that are directing your missions. Yeah, we're not really speaking. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move into our next game. What do you got for us, Snake? Well, I've got a very special track from Tomb Raider Legend on the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. 2006 was the year of release. The game track was Bolivia 4B, and it's by Trolls Brun Fullman. All right, well, let's raid some tombs. say this track doesn't go anywhere, but for me, it was all about pure nostalgia. Laura and I met by accident in Bolivia. This was years after she had all that work done, you know, no more pointy giblets. Yes, she was all curves and smirks when I bumped into her while running from this giant metal gear that someone created to look like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. When out of nowhere, guns blazing, she showed up. Blasting away at the beast, I had seen her throughout the years in news articles or at award shows in passing, but she looked, hmm, really good. We hit it off and had a wild week, long encounter of love, passion, and missions, but just like that, she was gone. Bolivia will always hold a special place in my heart. I miss you, my little English biscuit. Gross. All right, that was Tomb Raider <laughs> Legend on the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox, released in 2006. That was Bolivia 4B. Does the 4B stand for 4Babe? Yeah. Uh, by Trolls Brun Fullman. That's, uh, that's, that's way more than I wanted to know about Snake and Lara's relationship. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this game is great. This is actually the game that got me into Tomb Raider, so... I have that to thank. I've been recently kind of going back and replaying some of the older Tomb Raider games, and I started kind of checking out Legend just to kind of compare it with the Game Boy Advance version. And, uh, you know, this soundtrack specifically, I, I don't know. I, I, normally, I'm not a big fan of songs like this because it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's more like everything's up front. It's right there. And within, like, a minute of listening to the track, you pretty much have listened to the entire track. It's it's not quite ambiance, but at the same time, it's not quite like, 
music that changes or flows in different directions. It's it's very repetitive, and it's not normally something I listen to, but I really dig this track. Yeah, this sounds a lot like something that you'd hear from like Juno Reactor yes. or um, Future Sound of London, mm-hmm. something like from like the Wipeout. You know those those kind of bands, all those British electro bands that came out yep. uh, in the mid '90s and stuff. Which I really like. I mean, I grew up with that stuff. That mm-hmm. was my genre of choice at the time. I feel like there's this like LFO that comes in on the on the left channel. It's like and it gets higher and higher mm-hmm. and more intense. I feel like at that point, like about eight measures into that, that the song should break out into something else. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of fades away, and then you get a little bit more of those female vocals, and, right. then it, and that fades away too. So. With a game like Tomb Raider, I could understand why it was composed like that, because mm-hmm. it's more of a free-roaming game, so mm-hmm. you can't really have like a dynamic kind of piece, because it might not always fit with what's going on. True. So these Plus kind of background... Yeah. Well. And when I was taking this music from the PS2 version of the game, I was surprised to note that it was a six-channel audio file. Hmm. So there was... We're listening to three of those tracks when we listen to this song. But the other one was like kind of like a muted drum beat. I guess maybe it like when you're out in the outskirts or something, mm-hmm. the song kind of fades. Yeah. And then there were two environmental tracks, probably for stereo effect, but they were like, you know, jungle sounds, birds and like waterfall and mm-hmm. stuff that were really kind of getting in the way of the track. So I stripped those out too. This is kind of like the bass song, which you'd hear probably when you're in the heart of the city or something right. like that. There was like an unofficial soundtrack that came out. I believe it was released by uh, the composer. And so that's the version that I heard first okay. heard this on. So we probably did the same kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You don't hear much dynamic music like that on the PS2. I didn't even know no. they could do those multiple, more than two channel mm-hmm. tracks. Like they do like Hyrule Warriors, Mario Kart. Like those were like kind of famous for having dynamic music that changed depending on what mm-hmm. environment you were in on the Wii U. Right, right. And I didn't even know that was possible on the PS2. So that yeah. was kind of a cool discovery I made. Pretty neat. Yeah. So the composer trolls Brun Fullman. He's originally from Copenhagen. So he mostly does like orchestral music in like video games and trailers, uh, trailers from movies. Like uh, he did Spider Man 3 and X Men The Last Stand, uh, 10,000 BC, The Illusionist. Uh, he also did the entire fourth season of America's Got Talent for the music for that. So, hmm. you know, kind of builds on that. But he has mostly, as far as video games go, He's been known to work with Crystal Dynamics for the Tomb Raider series, uh, Tomb Raider Legend, Tomb Raider Underworld, Anniversary, and Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. So he's mainly done that. He has like a merging of electronic music mixed with that more like orchestral sound to it. Uh, He also co-owns a music sampling company called Tonehammer, and they actually develop... uh, You said Tonehammer? Tone. Not Toehammer. Not Toehammer. Ouch. Okay. All right, good. Tonehammer. And they develop premium virtual instruments for composers, which is kind of neat. Neat. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, as far as Tomb Raider Legend soundtrack, I believe that he won an award from BAFTA for it, which is kind of neat. Yeah, a lot of those Tomb Raider soundtracks did win a lot of awards for sound, especially like the first couple ones Mm -hmm. that came out. They were really on the forefront of technology. You know, the first Tomb Raider had these gigantic polygonal caves Mm -hmm. that you could explore. Orchestral. Or with orchestral and dynamic soundtracks and stuff. You didn't really hear a lot of that in video games back then. Yeah. A lot of it was either like rock based or pop based or uh, dance based. Right, right. So the original core designed games were definitely uh, looked upon by a lot of these award companies or awards uh, shows as as being kind of groundbreaking (laughs) uh, in terms of video games. And and basically those games were kind of responsible for what 
became like the Uncharted's right. and all of the modern exploration games that we see today. We have Nathan McCree to thank for that. Yep, he absolutely. Was the guy who pretty much designed all of that. So we talked audio-wise. Yeah, audio-wise. We talked about that in the core episode, the core design episode that we did way back when. Correct. So, yes. Man, you guys are nerds. We try. Yeah. Yeah. We do. That's kind of the whole yeah. point behind Pixel Tunes. You need like girlfriends or something. Well, we're both married and have kids or kids on the way. So True. Yeah. We're, we're getting the action. Don't worry about it. Gross. <laughs> yeah, you want to hear gross. You and Laura. Yeah, me and Laura. Oh, boy. That's some memories. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's move into our next track. Please. So, yeah, this one is from a game called Winback, and it came out on the N64 and the PlayStation 2 in 1999. The track is Multiplayer 2, and it's by Kaori Nakabai, Keiji Yamagishi, and Tsutomo Hirasawa. All right, let's win it back. So, shortly after I completed my mission at Shadow Moses, I hear about a guy who kinda looks and dresses like me, doing similar types of infiltration missions. So I figured, hmm, a fellow soldier with a similar sense of style as myself? What could possibly go wrong? Well, turns out the guy was a total diva. He thought that just because he was encouraged to attack his foes instead of avoiding them, that he was the best thing since Merrill's butt in a one-piece soldier outfit. Well, things didn't go well for him as he only had one more mission before he was all washed up. I guess we know that you can't beat the real deal. I loved Winback. It was a great game. It was a great game. Yeah. So uh, that was Multiplayer 2. That came out on the N64 in 1999 and then later on the PS2, composed by Kaori Nakabai, Keiji Yamagishi, and Tsutomu Hirasawa. And also keep in mind that that was the PlayStation 2 version of the track. Right, exactly. You had mentioned during the break, we were talking about it, that uh, there are some slight differences... Uh, very little. I mean, the N64 naturally is uh, it's a sequenced right. song. This sure. is an identical version of the song, except it's uh, a little bit higher quality. It doesn't have to worry about the limitations of the N64 okay. sound okay. system, so it sounds a little bit better. Right, right, yeah. Clearer, little, clearer little, samples little and stuff. A little cleaner, right, yeah. right, yeah. Winback, I, I really enjoyed this game when it came out. I picked it up on the N64, and, you know, at that point, I was kind of starved for titles, just because, I mean, I had a PlayStation and an N64 at the time, but... I was a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, thank you. So, yeah, well, (laughs) 
Your your game was great, Snake. Yeah, so I remember really wanting a similar experience on the N64 and Winback came out and it it is kind of that. It also is kind of a bit of a predecessor for the Gears of War series. Yeah. Because you're like hiding exactly. behind Exactly, that's what I was stuff. just going to say. It's more mm -hmm. like Gears of War than it is like like Metal Gear at it this point. It had like a tone, like the story and the characters. Duck and cover based combat. Right, but the story and the characters were more <clears throat> like Metal Gear, I would say. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, so it's a good combination of the two, I guess. Yeah. I, this was one of the games on the N64 that I remember my brother playing a lot and that mm -hmm. I, I would try out and do pretty well at because the combat's not in the sense where you're like constantly surrounded by bullets flying right. everywhere. It's more like, you know, you walk down a corridor, a bunch of enemies come at you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different places you can kind of hide behind and, right. and fire out of. So uh, I like that kind of combat a little bit better than I do like your standard like Halo or, right. or something like that. Where sure. You're just kind of in the middle of a field dodging bullets. Right. Yeah, this is more like duck and cover based. So. Yeah, it's more strategy oriented. Right. Yeah, you got to kind of figure out where to hide appropriately to be able to take out certain enemies. So the multiplayer, which th that's what this track is from, is actually really fun. I, I, I did play it back in the day a few times. I had an N64 and, you know, I would have friends come over and they would check out games that I would I would play and we would try to play any of the multiplayer aspects that were included in with games. And even back then, like sometimes they would m release like one player games that had like forced multiplayer, like, you know, yeah, as an, as an option. chucked in there as an afterthought. Yeah, and when back, it was definitely the case. I mean, I really never played it that much, but whenever we did play it, we had a pretty good time. I'll, I'll, I'll have to check it out on the PS2 because I think it would probably play a bit more like a modern game with yeah. a double analog controller. True, true. Plus the sequel, Win Back 2, also came out on the PS2 as right. well. And so the if you Xbox. enjoy it, mm -hmm. you can you can go check out the sequel to it as yep. well. Yep, yep, yeah. So the composer's Kaori Nakabai is a composer that is pretty much known for like other Tecmo-based games. Uh, in fact, these composers, I believe, were the companies were swallowed up by Ko Koei. Koei? Yeah, Omega Omega Team did this once. The right. same guys that ended up doing all the Dynasty Warriors games, right. uh, Hyrule Warriors, etc. Mm -hmm. They they designed this game. But Kaori uh, Nakabai worked on Ninja Gaiden 3, the ancient ship of Doom, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl in 93, Destrega, which is a really cool game, uh, Guitar Room Man in 2002, he did the movie soundtrack for that, and then Onimusha Tactics was his final game. Keiji Yamagishi is a pretty well-known composer. We've talked about him before, pretty much like the godfather of what Ninja Gaiden music should sound like. He did Ninja Gaiden in 1988. Uh, his first game was Star Force in 1985, and later on would do, again, uh, he was sound director on Distrega, Tecmo Super Bowl, he's the music composer on that. All Pretty much almost every version of Tecmo sports games. Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo World Re Wrestling, yeah, huge on those. Tec Tecmo Cup soccer game. So He also worked on Onimusha Tactics in 2003. His last game is kind of complicated. I Want to Be the Boshi in 2010, which I know we've kind of briefly talked about. He was known for the Ninja Gaiden music, which I believe they used in that. Yeah, they just recredited, or reused the music. Recredited it, right. And same thing with Abobo's Big Adventure in 2012. He was the original game music, which he went uncredited for. Right. So, yeah. And then the last composer, Tsutomo Hirasawa, worked on only two games, did sound effects for Distrega in 1998, and Win Back, uh, he did music on that as well. So that's it. Neat. Yeah. So Snake. Yeah. Would you rather sneak around stealthily in a game like Metal Gear Solid, or would you rather just take enemies head on, like in Winback? Like if you were, like I know, you know, taking on Shadow Moses and stuff, you kind of need to be sneaky. But if you were against kind of a, a force that was more action oriented and 
the corridors kind of forced you into like a duck and cover scenario, which which do you think you would excel at better? It's all about survival on the battlefield. So if you've got numerous enemies that you're facing off against, you've got to take them out no matter what. So in that case, I would probably just hide behind a corner and then use a rocket launcher with guided missiles. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Take them all out. Yeah. No, oh, that, that's effective. Worked in Resident Evil. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into our next track. What do you got for us, Snake? Hello there. Whoa, Ryu? Look, I've been tied up for like the past 20 minutes trying to figure out where the heck I was. Snake, was this you? Yeah, sorry. What the hell? What, what, what are you doing here? I, you know, wanted to be on the show. You could have just asked. Well. We could have just shared the show. No. <laughs> What is going on right now? I mean, come on, man. (laughs) All right. This is how my, like, my kids fight. Yeah, right? (laughs) Is this what I have to look forward to in parenthood? (laughs) Hey, all right. So I I guess we can share the episode, I guess. I mean, I had one more dedication track that I wanted to share, at least. Like, I picked 12 tracks for the show, but at least let me do half. All right, that's fair. I got one more track anyways. Uh, All right, so so let's move on to this one. Ed, I'm going to dedicate this one to you. Oh, that's so nice, dude. Thank you. sweet of him. This one's from Daytona Championship USA. Oh, come on. (laughs) Seriously? Uh, Why would you pick that track? I'll I'll let you know. All right, so let's let's just hit it first. This one came out this year on the arcade. It's uh, the new version of Let's Go Away from Takanobo Mitsuyoshi. Oh, damn it. Looking out behind you, better keep out of your time. 
I dedicate this one to Ed for hiring me on to hawk all sorts of amazing products on Pixel Tunes Radio when times were tough. He promised me royalties and kickbacks, but uh, I haven't seen any of that yet. Ed. <laughs> I think he's calling you out. Uh, yeah, well, when you, we actually sell some stuff, then you'll get some kickbacks and royalties. That's true. We haven't actually made any of these products physically. Yeah. So. Except words be gone. Well, yeah, of course. Because... There are plenty of times I've been left speechless. Right. On this tr- <laughs> Pixel on this, Tunes Radio. On Pixel Tunes Radio. On four years of this yes. freaking podcast. <laughs> so why don't you give us the credits for this one, Mike? Yeah, this was Daytona Championship USA, and that was the arcade version, which was released in 2017. Amazing that we're still getting games in the arcade. Let's Go Away, new version is the name of the track, and that's by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. So this game, there's an interesting history behind this game. Hmm. So, nowadays in the arcades, like, arcade machines are hooked up to the internet. Right. Either by cellular or whatever. I don't know how they do mm-hmm. it. It's Wi-Fi or landline or whatever. So, now, game, co- game companies like Sega, Nintendo, whoever makes these arcade machines have the ability to download or update their arcade machines mm. remotely. So, That's they don't cool. even have to worry about sending out new boards mm-hmm. to arcade owners or, or having anything like that. What Sega did... And they were very boneheaded about this, was they accidentally put their update on Dropbox, mm-hmm. um, accidentally made the link public, and not only did they do the update file, but they put the entire game in the oh. Dropbox oh. link. So people found out about this, downloaded the game, rigged it up somehow that you can actually play it on home PCs. Okay. So if you find this very illegal, and I'm not recommending you do it, <laughs> Link... You have to install some weird drivers and some, do some weird network configuration, but you can actually play Daytona Championship USA on your PC, full 60 frames per second, mm-hmm. with controller-like support and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool, but it also comes with, you can you can look in the folders and find the full soundtrack. Ah. It's in a similar format to like what Dreamcast used and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. you have to know how to unencode the music. Right. So, me knowing how to do all this stuff, I was able to play the game a little bit mm-hmm. um, and get the music from it. So, this is, I, it's nowhere on the web that I know of, at least really? not the full version of the song. Okay. You can find the, like, the trailer version. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is only a minute long or so. It's like on Pixel Tunes exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So you can find the, the short version on YouTube, but this is the full four minutes of Takanobu Mitsuyoshi <laughs> singing all of the vocal like announcer samples from the first game as lyrics yeah. <laughs> to Daytona yeah, USA. Yeah. I love the little like random things that he'll say throughout the track. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. burning out your tires yeah, and all yeah. this crazy stuff. Oh my god. So I think Mitsuyoshi is a great composer. Yeah. And I, I, I applaud him for putting 150,000% into his vocals, mm-hmm. even if they're just come out sounding completely silly. <laughs> but his enthusiasm is contagious. Yes. Uh, my favorite part of the song is, is the instrumental part at the end. Mm-hmm. It just it sounds really good. Uh, there's some great organ solos in there and some mm-hmm. great guitar work going on. I really dig the piano in the beginning of the track yeah. after he introduces it with the, you know, the Daytona. And then afterwards, it kind of like twinkles. Yeah, like, so it's good stuff. There are new versions of like of Let's Go Away and Blue Sky, you know, a couple of the other songs. Guys. I haven't listened to those yet because I can't bring myself to, <laughs> but I will eventually. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the game is cool. It's uh, it's it's very yeah. much like the original Daytona USA. Mm-hmm. In the real arcade, you'll get you know network cabinets. You can all right. play together. Play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a whole bunch of different tracks and different cars and stuff. It's mm-hmm. all updated in HD resolution. That's cool. So, uh, if you're a fan of the original Daytona games, you will definitely love this one if you can find it in an arcade or. You know, Go to a Dave and Buster's, the, I would imagine, or something probably, like that. They'll probably yeah. release them there. Makes sense. Or if you have the technical know-how to play it at home, you can right. do that as well. Yeah. So, uh, But thank you, Ryu. This was uh, quite a treat. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I didn't know you guys didn't sell anything, so I was just uh, trying to rib on you a little bit there. I know your love for the Daytona USA series. I dig it. But it's cool to have kind of an exclusive track yeah. on the show that not many people have heard mm-hmm. anywhere before. So, So there's that. All right. Yeah. Okay, then. All right. So I heard that Snake has one last track for us. Yeah. Yeah, I do. This one also goes out to Ed. This really? Is, oh, yeah. This is probably right up there with Global Gladiators. Oh, dear God. Oh, yeah. You're going to love this one. This is a game called Savage on the Amiga in 1989. And the track is Level 1 by Kevin Collier. Yay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
through the 80s during the early stages of my life, you tend to gravitate towards whatever is hip and cool in the clubs. And I had a happier time where I would jump from nightclub to nightclub dancing the night away. Sometimes we'd end up in a club where tracks like this got played. There were usually clubs full of men only. Lots of guys would hit on me, but I would have to tell them, hey pal, I'm Solid Snake. To which they'd interrupt saying something like, Ooh, sounds delightful. Fortunately, I was able to escape with my stealth skills before things got out of hand. Or in hand. Ugh. Love may not blossom on the battlefield, but it sure as hell is alive and thriving in the 80s club scene. This song is a sensual experience in ways I personally don't care to learn about. To put it lightly, with one word only, the track is Savage. Savage! <laughs> Released on the Amiga in 1989, this was level one from Kevin Collier. Don't you mean, Savage! <laughs> this is like if the Global Gladiators theme song got drunk okay. and high uh-huh. and parachuted off a bridge <laughs> and the parachute didn't work. Oh, savage! <laughs> and they needed adrenaline to start his heart again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. end there. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's what this a broken, horrified <laughs> the, version. I, you know, I always thought that Violent Storm would be the game that would have uh, like synth hits and PCM samples even more so than I would say the Global Gladiators game. Now, when you say PCM samples, you mean vocal samples? Uh, talking about the vocal okay. samples, yep, along with those obnoxious synth hits, like yes. Yep. This really actually reminds me of, you know, Dean Evans did the Flintstones movie soundtrack yeah. for the SNES. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did the, he did the thim, the Flintstones theme at the beginning of the game. Okay. It has the, like, identical oh, really? horn hits that this one does, mm-hmm. plus vocal samples of uh, John Goodman as Fred Flintstone okay. doing okay. the yells and stuff. It sounds really similar to this. Okay, I'll have to check um, that out. This one, man, this is garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> I found this track by looking up Worst VGM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and Snake have good taste. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I love this track. <laughs> I figured as much. I, I, it's so good. Like, It doesn't I, even have any, like, musicality to it, you know? It's just a beat with some stuff. I, but I love the beat. It's so punchy. Yeah, it, it is. Sounds it sounds like is. dudes getting punched in the face it's over and over again. very much a product of its time. Oh, absolutely. Um, this was around the time, you know, the the Amiga was one of the first sample-based audio systems to come out alongside a computer, and, and mm-hmm. around that time, memory was getting affordable enough that you could have 
keyboards that you could actually stick a floppy disk into and put samples, like record something and stick a floppy disk and put, yeah. and so you could play back samples on a keyboard. So that mm -hmm. became the thing for yep. like, you know, what kind of like Motown and R&B started turning to these mm -hmm. keyboards that could, you know, yeah. make wacky sounds on. I was just going to say. And that transferred over into video games. It's like if a little kid from the like late 80s, early 90s walked into one of those like electronic stores and they had one of those keyboards exactly. set up. And they was just like. They just put started, it on a monkey. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the duck sounds. Like, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> It's like uh, somebody stepping on an accordion yeah. or something. Oh, so good. So good. So, yeah, this so song will probably good. go down in infamy. Yeah, this will be the new Global Gladiators of the uh, of the 100 episodes. I want to I want to find I can I can put this in an Omega tracker and change the samples around. Oh so, I want I want to re-record The Savage mm. and just say garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and just play the song like that. <laughs> <sighs> so, a little bit about the game and the composer. Savage is a Amiga game. It was also on the Atari ST, MS-DOS, ZX Spectrum, Amstrad, CPC, and Commodore 64. It's developed by Probe Software. Uh, David Perry had a hand in it. Maybe David Perry, you know, obviously David Perry also worked on Global Gladiators. Maybe he just really ah, had a thing maybe. For, for PCM samples That's and synth hits. Really bad association. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the game itself, it's like a three-part game. The first part is like a like an arcade uh, side-scrolling type 2D game with nice big sprites actually. Uh, the sprites are very large, very colorful looking and uh, you play as this uh, like muscly like He-Man type warrior guy and he's trying to go through this dungeon, this like castle area. Then the second part is like a 3D into the screen action sequence and that has uh, the player like shooting targets kind of like a first person Star Fox sort of thing. Okay. And then the third level is you're playing as a bird and the bird has to like go through this maze like a 2D maze mm -hmm. and you have to get four keys and then you reach the exit so it's a it's a whole thing. I don't know. The track itself composed by Kevin Collier he, this was his first game uh, in 1989, and then from there he worked on stuff like Battle Chopper, Aquanaut, uh, Rotox, Infestation, Harley Davidson, The Road to Sturgis, Airstrike USA, Microcosm in 93, uh, Shadow of the Beast 2, uh, Mega Morph in 94, and Bram Stoker's Dracula in 94, that was his final game. So Ryu, what's your take on this one? Sounds like you need Savage Be Gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely yeah. agree. So, uh, I don't know. We've been waiting all episode to do uh, Pixel Chat. Yeah. So do we have any questions we to answer? Do. We have a bunch. We'll, uh, we'll see if uh, Snake and Ryu want to get in on this one as far as, like, depends on the question, I guess. Yeah, definitely. All right. So our first Pixel Chat question comes from Chris Murray. What is one technological advancement you hope the video game world sees in the next five years. I would like to see well done VR and with gloves that have tactile feedback so mm -hmm. that you could actually, you know, pick things up, feel them in your hand, mm -hmm. like figure out a way to feel the weight of them mm -hmm. and be able to use them. So like, you know, weapons or if you want to throw a rock, uh, I can imagine that being very, very cool if you're like, you know, doing like, can you imagine like first person final fight where you're walking down an alley and a bunch huh. of thugs come at you yeah. and you can punch and actually feel your fist hit their face? That would be like dangerous if uh, you had like VR goggles on, you're like punching in the air like in real life. Yeah, well, <laughs> it would have to come with some sort of space limitation. Like you don't want to like accidentally hit a wall or something, <laughs> but... Or accidentally hit your wife. Uh, yes. Yeah. She hit right back, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. 
but that, that would be cool. I think uh, I think tactile feedback in VR is what's missing from the experience at this mm. point, so okay. it would be a, a welcome addition to that kind of gaming. I, I think that the, the biggest problem with VR is the lack of other sensory feelings. And, uh, I, you know, I, I would like to eventually see VR really take off. I, I, feel, I still feel like it's not there yet, but it'd be re- I've always thought it'd be really cool to have, like, something smell-wise in video games. Like, you could smell, yeah. you know, like if you're walking through the mean streets of whatever in, like, a Final Fight type thing, you smell, like, you know, that gutter smell or whatever. Oh, yeah, you, fantastic. You smell, yeah, yeah, you know. It's, it's <laughs> savage. <laughs> or even, like, uh, something simple like a cooking game, you know, where you're, like, cooking stuff and you could smell the bacon sizzle. Smell is rough. I mean, it can be done. It's been done in, like, movies and mm-hmm. stuff. They've experimented with that. The yep. problem is you just, you need chemicals mm-hmm. you have to, so you would have to buy these smell cartridges right, and right. they would run out and you'd have to go out and buy more yep, yep. and i think it would be one of those things where once you know people would use it and then once it ran out mm-hmm. they would be like i'm not going to go spend 20 bucks at the to store to, so i can smell some right. bacon or whatever and I, I think it would be a neat novelty but mm-hmm. not not something that would last in the retail market because it's an extra expense you're paying for nothing that's like true you know playable it's just I, an extra sense i think nintendo would would nail that one if they were ever, they'd to be the it. first ones to do it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it would be all fun smells, right? Flowers right. and like yeah, you said, yeah, bacon and bacon, bacon and stuff flowers, like that. <laughs> baking flowers. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about Ryu? What do you think? Real katanas. <laughs> Real katanas. Real katanas. How 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 so? You know, like a like a Wii remote. Okay. But it's an actual katana, like a real sword, like a real sword. Okay. Uh, with sensor mm. uh, on it, so you mm. could. Swing around and actually uh, slice up your furniture while you're playing video right. games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what video games need. Then I could sell you more furniture. Real destruction. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> furniture salesman, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Snake? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the gloves. I think that's cool. I think that'd be really neat. Plus, you could, you know, feel everything. Yeah, and you had like Metal Gear the VR missions, so you're kind of well versed in the whole VR thing. So that's I think true. You're. You know, tactical gloves would actually help you on those missions. I'm always in virtual reality. Mentally and physically. Yes. Yeah. Our next question comes to us from Scott McElhone, and he said, (laughs) it's really funny that you said this, uh, Ed, were you secretly on vacation with Ryu Hayabusa? Look, everything between Irene and me is fine. I don't think we said anything about Irene. I I have no other relationships going on on the side. Okay. Ed, do you have something? I take the fifth. You take the fifth? I te- plead the fifth. You plead the fifth? I take it and plead it. These guys are weird. <laughs> I could, I could, I could. <laughs> writing's on the wall. Uh, no, Ryu and I were not on vacation together. We, we hung out a few times, but... Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. But uh, we didn't have any sort of... Went to, like, hibachi? Like, ninja hibachi? Yeah, yeah. Right. We, you know, we had some... We ate some food. We did mm-hmm. some sushi. Had some drinks. And, you know, one uh, le- thing led to another. and Gave my know. six-year-old katana lessons. Right, right. Uh, while drunk, which okay. was a really bad idea. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, fortunately, my wife's arm is growing back nicely. Sweet. So, yeah. What's that arm be here? Uh, That's the product you use? Yes, ancient okay. ancient ninja secrets. Okay. Um, yeah. Ancient Japanese recipe. The first product that Ryu ever sold, actually. The Whoa. only one he's ever sold so far. There you far. go, there yeah. you go. All right, next, uh, next question. Sure, this one is from Ariel Schneider, who is uh, Justin's wife, uh, yep. which I should mention. Justin, thank you for filling in for me for the last couple of episodes. Yes. What new or newly discovered game have you enjoyed the most 
in the last four years. I guess it's not really newly discovered if it's in the last four years. That's true, yeah. That's a tough one. What about you, Snake? Um, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um... Newly discovered? Yeah, I newly discovered it. <laughs> okay. It's a good game. You it, should play it. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 This isn't any sort of self-promotion, is it? No, but it seems like it's missing something. What would that be? A proper voice, if you will. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, you probably just had a cold. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Laryngitis. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a voice-changing experience. I, I feel like I should have been yelling something like... I don't know, Chloe. Listen, man. Get get. Where where are the nukes? Like... Don't don't be a hater. <laughs> a David hater. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Lots. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Mike, what would uh, what would you call one of your favorite games of the last four years? Yeah, that's tough. I you know I would say that two games come to mind right off the top of my head. Actually, maybe three, depending on when it was released. This is basically since Pixeltune started. Yeah, okay. So, so since Pixeltune started, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, definitely. That's up there. That really felt like a classic game to me. It felt like I got the same feelings beating that game as I did like like Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Okay. Like it, it had like vibes like that to me. Felt very classic. Uh, the other game is... I'd probably say Gravity Rush. Like the first Gravity Rush. I was so impressed with it. It was just... Such a phenomenal game. The gameplay, the music, the story, everything just felt like not only a classic series like from yesteryear, but it just was really, really good. Okay. Yeah, Very like cool. it just didn't play like anything I'd ever played before. It really reminded me of something that may have come out on like a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1. It was good. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you played that one? Uh, no. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll I check think you dig it. What about you? I'll give you my top three. Okay. How's that? Okay. Uh, so Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Definitely one of the... I mean, that probably took up two of those four years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still play it every once in a while. Yep. Let's see. What else is there? Uh, I really liked Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Okay. Uh, I spent a lot of time on that. The graphics are just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Uh, gameplay is amazing. A Hat in Time. Okay. Was really good. Yeah, I still uh, need to play that. Too short. I felt like that it could have been expanded upon quite a bit, but so much excellent gameplay and the voice acting was really good. And mm-hmm. of course, we played some tracks from it. The music was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ryu? Daytona. <laughs> the new Daytona that just came out? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> love the music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Ed loves it, too. Yeah, definitely. So, Daytona. Yeah. Let's Ed, go away. Ed's, Ed's all about that. Yeah. He's all about blue, blue, blue skies. Blue, blue skies. I see. <laughs> and I see where Ryu's going with this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, our next question comes to us from Henrik Anderson. He asks, which console or gaming computer have you never been able to get into despite your best efforts? ZX Spectrum. Great question. ZX Spectrum? Yeah, ZX for you. ZX Spectrum. Okay. I mean, it has some good games. It's just, it's like, I don't know how Europeans supported this little tiny handheld. Well, not even a handheld. I mean, it's like the size of a kind of like a bigger than usual yeah, yeah. handheld, but it cooks up to a TV. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's got like, you know, so few colors and it doesn't scroll very well. And mm-hmm. the controller is basically a big kind of keypad calculator looking thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with very kind of rudimentary joystick support. Like it got so popular over there. Mm. I, I just, I can't even... Can't even. I can't I'm just even. Totally white girling it. I've never been able to get into it. Uh, the music is really good. It's got some great sound chips. 
yeah, in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you Good know, stuff. Some of the stuff that Tim Fallon did was amazing. Mm-hmm. Just game-wise, I've tried to emulate a whole bunch, and there's some great emulators that are very accurate out there, mm-hmm. but never never really got into it. Okay, okay. I'm going to say anything Atari. Literally Jeez, anything Atari. I'm sorry, but I cannot get into the 2600 at all. I, so I, much nostalgia I, there for me. I, just, I mean, I can understand if you grew up with a Nintendo that the Atari would seem like just some sort of a lazy... I did play the low-tech version. One of the first games, other than the NES uh, that I played, one of the very first game systems was the Atari. Mm. I played on the 2600. A friend of mine uh, who lived right up the street from me went to a birthday party of his, and we were waiting on him to open Mario 2. Like, he didn't know he got it, but he wanted it. And I remember he had a Atari 2600 as well, and uh, he had Frogger on it. And I was just, I remember playing it back then and being like, well, this is not yeah. great. Yeah, no, like, I totally I, understand. I mean, I came from, you know, a later era of, like, Mario and Zelda. Like, I didn't, right, right. it was just not good for me. So I've since gone back, and I, at one point in time, owned, actually, Justin, our buddy Justin, sold me for, like, 10 bucks an Atari and I bought a bunch of games for it and tried it out, and I was—I just got bored with it super quick. It just wasn't my thing. We'll have to have an Atari 2600 night. I'll have some people over, and I'll just show you some of the games that I played okay. when I was a kid. Okay. I liked and, Berserk. Uh, Berserk. Berserk is amazing. Berserk is a lot of fun. And there's stuff like like Freeway. Uh, yeah. Warlords is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Atari's a thing in the past. No, there's for not me. much to play. In the yeah. Jaguar. And then the Lynx is just up there too. Right. It's very low resolution screen. Yep. Kind of yep. hard to play. For all right. So Snake. What about you? Which uh, console have you never been able to get into? Tyco Drum Master. It's not really a console. Yeah, I know. I'm not a fan. I oh. don't like beating... If I'm going to beat something, it's going to be bad guys up. Fair enough. <laughs> I guess that I guess that, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryu? Uh, I don't know, man. I've been on so many systems. Um, I've never been on the ColecoVision. Okay. So, I, you know, I... I could try to get into that one, but I've never been able to get into it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. What's our last question? Last question is from Dan Basiglia, and he asks, if you could force two classic VGM composers to work on a game OST together, which two composers and what game? Hmm. I'm going to say Ikumizutani, obviously, and Kenichi Matsubara. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Like if they did like a, I don't know, Castlevania game together. Right on. That'd be pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. I imagine a scenario in which uh, Matt Furness and Sean Hollingworth teach Barry Leach how to use FM. Ooh. Okay. And so they kind of collaborate on, let's say like a version of Top Gear for the Genesis that never came out. Like a racing game. Mm -hmm. And just see what Barry can do using the driver that Hollingworth and Furness have uh, in an FM kind of capacity. I think that would be really cool. I know, you know, Barry... Barry Leach mainly worked on like sample-based mm-hmm. and, and some Commodore 64 wavetable stuff, but I would really like to see what he could do with FM if given the right tools and okay. uh, an education on it. Snake, any any thoughts? Uh, the composer for Savage, Kevin Collier, and also Tommy Tallarico. I think it would be heaven in the form of PCM samples and synth hits. Maybe the audio version of Crystal Meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would love that, right, Ed? Who? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you telling me that I do meth? You would. No, not meth. <laughs> oh! I'm saying the song. I thought that you they were make. implying that I would love it because it's like <laughs> yeah, meth. Yeah, Ed, you would love meth. Don't you love meth? <laughs> what? Oh, man. I think we're getting punchy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Right. Uh, you? How about Takanobu Mitsuyoshi singing over music composed by Mark Van Heck? <laughs> 
That would be awesome. Uh, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Mitsuyoshi's kind of uh, flat voice would perfectly match X. Interesting composition <laughs> interesting. style. Interesting is yes. certainly the word. All right, so thank you to Chris, Scott, Ariel, Henrik, and Dan for asking us your Pixel Chat questions. Please send us your Pixel Chat questions to pixeltunesradio at gmail.com or uh, wait for a call to arms on the Pixel Tunes Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash pixeltunesradio, uh, and look for a post there and then ask your questions in that, as well as seeing all our posts that everybody else posts there. Uh, Pixel Tunes Radio on Facebook is a huge group with tons of active members. We would love to see you hang out there, chat about video game music with us. It's always a blast. There's always new posts going on. I yes. think every single day there's at least two or three new interesting posts to look at and yeah, comment we have, on. Yeah, we have good conversations. We recently had a post where we talked about video game accessories. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so. I think there were like over 80 comments or yeah. something on that thread. It was awesome. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, also, you can check us out at pixeltunesradio.com and our Twitter feed is at pixeltunesradio. Also, check us out on iTunes. Give us a review give us a like tell us what you like what you didn't uh and then you could also check us out at youtube.com forward slash dongled and that is where you can check out every single pixel tunes radio episode as well and you can also check out other stuff like dude you haven't played this game noob repair gaming linguistics and also pixel tunes plays and you can check me out at ninja gaiden ninja gaiden 2 ninja gaiden 3 mm-hmm. ninja gaiden for game gear yeah ninja gaiden for xbox ninja Master gaiden System. for gamecube Ninja Gaiden for his Master System. Ninja Gaiden for this. Ninja Gaiden for your mom. Ninja Gaiden for kids. <laughs> for kids? Ninja Gaiden Jr. <laughs> oh my god, I'd play that. It'd be like Echo the Echo Jr. Yeah, I would definitely play that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you can also check me out on Evolution Skateboarding. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to unlock him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also Smash Brothers Brawl. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. think uh, besides uh, his normal games, I don't think Ryu's really guest starred anywhere else. No, no. I was Solid Snake in... Wouldn't that be awesome if he like, appeared, like there was a code you can put in to get him in Tecmo Bowl? Oh my god. And you just slice through the... Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That would be totally awesome. Yeah, oh, that'd like, be somebody, awesome. somebody is going to yeah. have to record a homebrew yeah. in that or something. <laughs> yeah, so thank you to uh, Ryu Hayabusa and also Solid Snake for joining us on this podcast. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, this was great. This was a lot. Of fun. Let's never do this again. Absolutely. All right. I hate you. <laughs> okay, that took a that took a turn for the worst. <laughs> so uh, next episode will be coming up in one month. That yes. feels like so long. But, yeah, I know. But uh, we promise it'll be a good one. What's on the menu, Mike? Ah, uh, well, what we have coming up next is uh, the PC ninety eight. We are going to be talking about the system in full. A very in depth episode with a ton of amazing music. Absolutely, I've been so excited. Been holding on to these tracks for almost five months, just waiting to leech them onto your eardrums. Now so. it's going to have some ninety eight diarrhea. Yeah, all yeah. over the show, all over, holding it in. Yes. Last final words, we covered a lot of really interesting tracks today from all different types of styles. Uh, what was your favorite track? My favorite track of the episode was definitely that first track that Ryu played, that Dragon Skills track. Okay. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, that was that good one. stuff. That was a good one. I'm going to honestly say that Lupin track, although that 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 Savage track is something. Yeah, I, I, I really did get that stuck in my head like quite a bit that Lupin track, and uh, I'd probably say of all the games I own most of them, but uh, aside from Savage, but I would honestly say probably this Lupin game is the game I'm gonna pick up after this episode. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. 
All right, well, from Pixel Tunes Radio, this is Mike and Ed signing off. We'll see you in one month for our PC98 special. Peace out, guys. Bye. Ninja, out. See you later.